Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to episode 160 of the Motorcycle Men podcast. We have another wonderful interview episode. I'm Ted here in the V-Twin Cafe in the corner booth. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Motorcycle Men episodes. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, if you would like to help out the podcast, you can go over to our website and hit that donate button with a singular PayPal donation. Or you can go give us some feedback over on iTunes or send us a nice little email at motomenpc at gmail.com or hit our contact page on a website and send us a note there. I read all of that email and I always respond and it's likely you'll get a sticker in return. So remember that. Uh, the Motorcycle Man Podcast is brought to you by Surf and Summit Motorcycle, Maine and New Hampshire's newest motorcycle rental and tour company. Surf and Summit offers Harley-Davidson Big Twins and Suzuki V-Stroms for rent at reasonable prices. Surf and Summit is happy to deliver your rental bike wherever you are staying, or you can peruse the bikes in person at Street Cycles of Falmouth, Maine. Surf and Summit also offers rental helmets, jackets, gloves, and GPS, so you'll have everything you need to enjoy that great New England riding vacation. From the beautifully rugged coast of Maine to the amazing White Mountains of New Hampshire, Surf and Summit can help you have a fantastic motorcycling vacation. And for more information, please visit SurfAndSummitMotorcycle.com. And don't forget to visit your local cycle gear for all your motorcycle needs from clothing to parts. Cycle Gear is your premier one-stop shopping location with 136 stores nationwide. You are bound to find a store near you to help you find what you are looking for. And you can trust that you'll be receiving great pricing and top-notch customer care. And if you're in the New Jersey area, be sure to stop in at the Edison store and see Chainsaw Ginny or Sean and tell them that the Motorcycle Men sent you. So go to CycleGear.com today. And for the best in motorcycle jeans, there is only one place you should be going, and that is Tobacco Motorwear Company. Dave and the kids over there make some great motorcycle riding jeans that will outperform that ratty pair you've been wearing and most other brands available. Not only do they perform well, but they also the best-looking and most comfortable selvage jeans you will ever wear or own. And for further protection and style, get yourself a California riding shirt. Comfortable, safe, and it looks absolutely stunning. I have a pair of riding jeans, and I also have a California riding shirt, as well as Brother Chris of the Motorcycle Men Podcast. We all sport in those California riding shirts, and they're super comfortable. Give us that safety and extra care that we need when we're riding. Tobacco Motorwear Company. Visit them at TobaccoMotorwear.com and tell Dave and the crew there that the Motorcycle Men sent you and use that coupon code MotorcycleMen when ordering. Now, most of us own a motorcycle for a specific purpose. Either that's touring, cruising, going fast, hitting those twisties, adventure riding, dirt roads, or the track. And we have a bike for that purpose. But what if you have a bike... That's not specifically built for that purpose in mind. Well, the only answer is to either buy a bike for that purpose or take what you have and turn it into a bike for said purpose. My guest today proves that just because you get a motorcycle that is built for the street doesn't mean that it's confined to the street. Good evening, everyone, and here I am. This is the Motorcycle Men Podcast. I'm here in the V-Twin Cafe, and joining me today, all the way from the huge the metropolis of Dayton, Ohio, to tell us all about the crazy crap that he does, uh, and the writer and the guy behind Moto Adventurer. Is that is that right, Drew? Moto Adventurer? Moto yeah, Adventurer. Moto Adventurer. Yeah, you got it. Moto Adventurer blog. Uh, Mr. Drew Falconer. <laughs> Drew, welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me on. I am glad to have you here. I saw you your blog. I started getting it. I subscribed to it, and I was reading it. And I thought, man, this guy's doing some crazy crap on this bike. And I said, okay, he's doing things on this bike that probably he shouldn't be. But I, so I got, <laughs> I got to have him on to tell us about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your motorcycle self, and what you currently ride? Um, well, I mean, I got my endorsement only in like uh, 2011. I looked that up the other day. It's really not been that long, in my opinion, in the motorcycle community. Yeah. Um, and then just 
it just became an addiction. I just, you know, I ride a little bit and I'm like, man, I just want to ride more. I want to ride all the time. And, uh, I just started piling on miles. And then, uh, I got a hold of the, uh, the Triumph Scrambler I have now back in, uh, what was that July, 2016. And, uh, and it really took off, which is probably how you came across my blog. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, so now your blog, Moto Adventurer, uh, what inspired you to just start this blog? I mean, how long have you been doing it? Uh, so I believe it was January, like, 2nd, 3rd. It was, like, first early days of January 2015. I mean, it was middle of winter. Right. Um, and, and that all ties in. So it was, it was, like, you know, around Christmas time in 2014. I'm sitting on the couch, and it's, you know, it's cold and it's snowy. And you get to that point of the year where it's like, man, I want to ride my bike. Mm-hmm. And I'd consumed, you know, all the motorcycle magazines and what there was for online stuff that I could find. And uh, I realized at the time that I, in my circle of friends, I was putting a lot of miles on the bike. And I'm like, you know, I want to try this whole, like, website thing. Uh, and I had found a couple of other blogs that I still read and I really like. And I've actually started to communicate with some people directly. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do a different angle where... I love Roadrunner Magazine. I love what they do, but they mm-hmm. only publish, uh, what is it, quarterly? I, I forget how often they publish, but it's not It's not every month, so you, you can consume a lot of that very quickly. I'm like, well, sure. you know, maybe I'll do a weekly. You know, I'm going to ride my bike and talk about where I go weekly, and it's just grown, it's grown legs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> since, I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I know. So now your bike, and and, and I, I say, I think, I, I don't want to say it's a tad unusual, but uh, it's <laughs> I, well before I don't want to get it, but it, it didn't start out that way. So what what brought you to turn your bike into a scrambler, and how did that transition go? So why don't you just tell us about that? So it was 2013. I actually went from a 150 cc scooter that I had got my endorsement on, and for my 30th birthday and my college graduation, my wife bought me a Triumph Speedmaster. Wow. So I'm on the Speedmaster, you know, and you know how it is. You you look in the pictures, you're like, oh, I love this mat, this motorcycle, and you know that's how it starts for everybody. You see a picture, and you're like, this is this is the bike I've got to have it. Yeah, and, you exactly. Know, never you're never ridden it, but you're convinced this is the one. Right. So I, I rode that bike for three years. I put like forty five thousand miles on it. That's and good. Loved it. That's good. Right. <laughs> and and I'm like, but it's so beautiful, and I can't get it dirty. And I'm like, I need, I need a different machine. I need a machine that I can ride all the time and in the winter and then get it dirty and not feel like I got to keep the clone, the, excuse me, the chrome pretty and stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, it, it, I got a, a good bonus at work at the time. Um, and just happened to be in a spot where I could do it. And I went ahead and decided, you know what? I would love to have a Triumph Tiger, but the Scrambler's cheaper. Yeah. And it has the exact same engine that's in the Speedmaster that I know so well. So my buddy's like, I think you'll enjoy the soul of that scrambler and you will enjoy modifying that and evolving with that machine. And here we sit, you know, two and a half years later or whatever. And he's dead on every day. I think of how much I enjoy riding the bike as it is and how much I can't wait to do the next thing. Wow. Well, speaking of doing the next thing now, it, it started out as a simple Triumph Scrambler was it which much model of uh, it was a Bonneville right? No, it, it's uh, it's funny because I, I sold the 2013 Speedmaster and bought a 2013 Scrambler with 2,000 miles on it. So, oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, so they're even the same model year. That's what it's, it's a different frame, different suspension, wheels, all stuff, but the engine and the base the base frame are actually the same for the most part. So. How yeah, your, so uh, it, it was. Go ahead. How would your wife feel about that? You sold her. You sold the bike that she bought you. <laughs> she has had some health complications, oh. so she actually stopped riding with me. So she wasn't there as often, and I think she knew that just my my obsession with the motorcycle was going so nuts. She's like, "I'm just sick of hearing it. Just buy whatever <laughs> bike it is that you want. Just buy that bike." So you know, she gives me a hard jab every now and then, yeah. like. You know, you know, I really like that old bike, you know, and the pictures show up on the Facebook memories and whatnot. You know, but, and I would have another one. It's just that when you can only have one at a time because of space. Yeah, well, you can only ride one at a time. Uh, well, that is true, too. Yeah. I, and, I've, and I'll support that argument. I want a second one of them. 
But uh, in reality, when you when you have a bike that currently lives on your porch 365 days a year, there's not nearly as much space for a second. <laughs> I hear you. Now, you have a, one of your blog entries, and it was recent, too. It was uh, July 22nd. You did Bonneville to Scrambler in 145 Easy Steps, part one. Um, that, that's actually my buddy Andy. That's a recent development with the website is I have picked up uh, a good writing friend of mine who okay. is – but doing it much longer than I have, and he so he won that raffle bike, and and I kept teasing him like you need to make it into a scrambler, and that was actually what he decided in his heart that he wanted to do. Now, is this is this how yours went, or did yours actually start as a as a scrambler? So it was it was a stock um, 2013 scrambler, so it came with the high pipes, and actually I don't know how familiar you are with it. Um, they're both parallel twin engines, and if you yeah. park them next to each other, which I forget if I have a I have some photos where that'll come up, but. The engines look the same on the outside, but that's not true on the inside. There's a uh, traditional British 360-degree crank in the Bonneville, but the Scrambler has a 270 crank, so it has a much more powerful torque curve, but it doesn't have the same uh, horsepower that the Bonneville has. The Bonneville's a lot quicker when you get it out on the street. Right. The, for, for off-road, the Scrambler is great because it's got that real um, flat torque curve that it just, it just pulls to the red line. It's great. Yeah. So then this now this now once you did this transition over to from the Speedmaster to the Scrambler, that kind of changed everything for you. <laughs> well, that was and that was the beginning. Was I wanted to start a blog to talk about where I ride and what I do and the crazy maintenance frustrations and how I like to step in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then I was like, but I want I want to go further. Like I've got these dreams of riding in the trail or going to Alaska or whatever these things are. But I didn't know where it would be, and so that was it. Is yeah, I bought that bike, and then it was like, okay, well now I want to go like ride some trails or whatnot. So I'd had the bike like three days, and I'm like, I'm gonna go down this dirt road. And then it was it was no different than riding the motorcycle for the first time. It was man, I like this off road thing. I want to do more. <laughs> it's also <laughs> just taken off. Well, as, as speaking of like I said, doing things that you probably shouldn't be doing on this bike. You've done some epic rides with this thing. Uh, like I said, some that would be more suitable for an adventure bike. Uh, the Daniel Boone backcountry byway is one that comes to mind, which you wrote about. Uh, yeah. What types of ta- challenges did this ride and some of the other ones pose for you on this scrambler? It's funny. Uh, I'm gonna actually going to... To pair or like um, bounce off of conserve the ride. I don't know if you saw that recently. Yes, so I, I went did. to a rally. I went to a rally in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and a guy that I had met there, who actually I haven't figured out who he is yet, commented on the website. He's like, "I love it when guys show up on these bikes, and you're just like, he's not going to take that on the trail, is he?" <laughs> and then you know, the later that day, they're like, "Wow, dude, that thing's crazy. Why did you do that?" And a lot of people have this view of the Scrambler, and I mean that as the genre that it, you know it's it's high pipes and knobby tires. And I go, well, you're you're looking at it, and I'm not. This is not an insult to anyone. You look at it and you see its weaknesses, but at the same time, what you don't see are the hidden strengths. My Scrambler, in particular, when I go out to these venture rallies, and, you know, when I've hosted some and whatnot, I get out there with these guys that are on Tigers and big KTM's and whatnot, and they have way better suspension and more power, but in the end, they're so tall. These guys are getting their butt kicks out there on the, on the trail. And because I can just put a foot down, dab it, and pick it back up, I, the scrambler just, it's slow, but it's a tractor. It just plows through stuff right. that you guys on the yeah. bikes are having to struggle with. So the challenges are uh, deep water, <laughs> like big rock ledges, because I've got like four inches of suspension travel. But, you know, if I use the throttle just right and I, you know, feather the brake and know where I'm where I'm supposed to be and get it set up right, you know, she rolls good and slow and just chugs over the nasty well, stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, well, let me. What's, what's, do you know what the out. ground clearance is? What's the ground clearance on your bike? Uh, let's say six inches. Okay. Maybe. Now, <laughs> I, I can see you don't have any bash plates on there. They're actually there. That's the stock skid plate is on there. Oh, and it's like what? It's like a piece of tin, right? Uh, right, it's it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like six millimeter aluminum. I mean, it's got some serious damage. In it right but, now. but you know, here's the thing. I, I look at the this bike and and I see what you've been doing with it. And I, I and when I look at a bike like that, I, I see it. There's there's no reason why you can't do these things. Yes, I mean, again, these other guys they want to go forty miles an hour, they want to go thirty miles an hour, and they want to like hit the big stuff. Like, but you don't have to. Right. I think if you just like go gingerly and just say you're you're out there to enjoy the ride. You're not yeah. trying to beat anybody. 
So I, I, I think that's where if you just take your time, you can pretty much do anything on any bike. I literally just got back from the gnarliest sections of the Danny Boom Backcountry Byway last weekend, and we did it on uh, two 250s, KLX 250, TW 200, mm-hmm. and it was a blast. That TW 200 is incredible. But in the end, I think I actually enjoy it more on the Scrambler purely because the stakes are so high. The, the challenge is so great. The reward is so much better when you're like, wow, I have no idea how I just got through that mud hole. I don't know how I got up that hill just now. You know, that to me that the high is better and that's exactly it. You're right, is that the stakes get higher on the smaller bikes because it is easier. Sure. Well I mean you well, how did the bike perform? Because on the Daniel Boone backcountry thing. Now there was also another trail in there. Oh god, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh that was within that whole thing. Oh, see you're testing my brain here and my brain doesn't work very well. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've covered it a lot because I did. I hosted Red River Scramble. Red River Scramble. That's the one that I was talking yes. about. The Red River Scramble. So, you did that. Now, how did the I bike perform should... in that? Because I saw some of the pictures, and you had this thing buried in mud and just oh, in deep, very, deep. very oh. deep water. I just <laughs> this is great. So as of this moment, the Scrambler has done let's say ninety percent, all but about three miles of that actual hundred mile route. It, it hasn't done that because I was with a buddy that was on a KTM nine ninety. It had been a while since he had been out, and the tires that he had were not particularly great. They were more desert than they were mud, and he was getting his butt kicked. I was ready to go on and face the next challenge with the Scrambler, but it was it. It was a tall bike. It was a heavy bike, and without the tires, he was having a tough time. So normally I find that partially I'm sure it's due to the fact that I've been on my bike a long time, and I know it well. I also know the area, so I know some of the trails better than I used to before. Mm -hmm. Um, So it usually does well, but, I mean, we hosted – Red River Scramble, um, I'm, and you may have seen the video of Fincastle Road. It's got this weird, uh, like, hairpin in it that was, like, all clay that weekend. And I, I, got, I got to the top. Scrambler goes right up the hill, no problem. I immediately get off the bike to go check on him. I go back to the hairpin, and it's a three-bike pileup. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that was, you know, that was it. They get, they get in that Kentucky clay. Oh, that and, so again, funny. I had an advantage. I had been up that hill one other time. I knew – what was there and you know it might be luck of the draw might be because i can put my foot down when no one else can but yeah i got yeah. down there and somebody lost a front wheel just pushed out or got in the rut the wrong way or got stuck in the rocks or whatever it was i go down there and i go everybody's pretty much screwed here because if you stop on the clay you're you're going down <laughs> yeah so now let me, let me clarify for everybody is this the uh, the street scrambler that you have Oh, this is the classic air-cooled 865cc scrambler. So that would have been 2006. So they don't. So they don't produce this particular model anymore. Yeah. And I have ridden the street scrambler, and they're very different bikes. The yeah. engine character is diametrically different. Now, would you, now I realize we've gotten off topic here, but that's okay. But if you <laughs> if you threw knobbies on that street scrambler, would it pretty much perform the same way what you have? Off road. Yeah. I actually think the Street Scrambler is a better off-road bike. And no sadly, kidding. I don't think they're advertising that. The Torque Band, so what they did is they went from 865cc air-cooled dual overhead cam to 900cc um, single overhead cam water-cooled, and they went from more bore, less stroke, to more stroke, less bore, so that the engines are completely inverted. So there's really heavy torque on the new Street Scrambler, big time. So if we're talking about long distance on the highway, the old bike, which I have, it, in my opinion, is more comfortable in the high-speed twisties and the pavement stuff. But the new bike is a better chassis. It's better stock suspension. Right. Uh, it just it handles better. Wheel sizes are better to get adventure tires. It's just that I, the, it doesn't have the same horsepower at the high end that the old one does. Well, I'm I'm looking at the specs of the current Street Scrambler, and its dry weight is 454. Now, yes. your your bike is probably right around the same way, maybe maybe maybe, five, maybe 500, right? Yeah, it's more like 500. the The bike is lighter, they but they took gas out of it. It's more fuel efficient, but they took fuel out of it to cut weight. Well, it's like a three point three point two gallon gallon gas tank on that. Right, I have a four point four. Oh, you got a four? Okay, so you got a little more weight going on there. But still, yeah. like you said, it's a little lower, and you can pick it. You're 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 putting one foot down, and you're good, right? You know, and as the opposed new, to the, the guys, street scrambler has a lower seat height too. Uh, yeah, they're at thirty one on the seat height. Really, what's your seat height at? 
uh, it's at least an inch higher. I, okay. I actually did a. I'd have to pull it up. I did a back-to-back review on my website of actually doing that. I'm like, who better to review the new Street Scrambler than a guy who's got, you know, at the time, whatever it was, 30,000 exactly. or something like that on the old one. Yeah, so they're 900 cc's now. And what's yours? 865. That's, that's not too much of a difference. No, it, it, yeah, it's, it, and they made a good choice. And, and it's a classy bike. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed riding in. And I'm glad to see more and more guys. I, I, it, that's kind of been my message to a lot of people. Like, if you got the Scrambler, give it a shot. You're taking off fire road, see what you think. Because it, it's nice to see more of these guys with the new Street Scramblers come out and join some of these. Uh, events. Well, you know, Harley guys respect Triumph guys. You know that. Right? Uh, <laughs> It, it is a nice relationship that we it do. It is. <laughs> it doesn't get enough you know, respect. I really don't think so. But it's you know, Harley guys and Triumph guys kind of get along. It's all right. Um, I've, I tell you what, I, may, I don't know if you've heard, but I have this uh, long fascination with wanting to take a Sportster and throw knobbies on it and take it off-road. It's incredibly capable. I Absolutely. don't know. Have you seen the Dirtster project on my yes, website? Yes, I have okay. seen the Dirtster. I know all about the Dirtster project. Trust me. Um, but I keep saying because the, uh, the the Roadster is like my favorite sportster. It's kind. It sits high. It's got it's yes. got that six inch ground clearance. It's got. It doesn't have a huge gas tank, but it, it weighs right around what you where you're at. Yes. Something like. So it, why couldn't I do this? I see these other guys doing it. So it, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I got to do that. We're on the same page. The Roadster, if I was going out and buying a new Harley today, it would be tough for me to not pick the Roadster because of what it is. Thank uh, you. I, I would admit that I would rather see the Roadster as a cafe racer or actually a 1200 Sport Tourer, which I have considered for bike number two. Yeah. Um, but for what you could get for a cheap, early rubber-mounted Sportster 883, mm-hmm. you could use the difference in cash and throw some incredible suspension upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've, I've worked with Hugo Moto. That's part of who's thrown in. And we've worked together on the Durster project. And yeah. we, we've got seven inches of suspension travel on that Sportster. That's a bit much. Uh, well, I mean, when I'm dealing with four, I think it's amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, see, depending see, on how crazy you want to get. Well, that's just it. I think the idea is to keep it as close to original as possible. And still yeah. be able to do those stupid things. I well, I mean, I've, I'm proving it's capable, right? Yes. Spend five five hundred bucks on some tall shocks. Uh, I forget who makes it. Get the uh, get the scrambler exhaust for the Sportster. Put some good knobbies on there and just tear it up and just flat track it and love every minute of it. I don't know about changing the pipes out. Why would I have to change the pipes? High pipes are where it's at, man. Why? I mean, come on. What, what difference is it? <laughs> really? <laughs> the air is going out. It's not coming in. It doesn't matter. Uh, as long as it's higher than the bottom of the frame, I'm good. <laughs> if you're sticking with belt drive, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the biggest advantage to high pipes as a guy who rides every day is because I can do the chain twice as fast. I don't have pipes to mess with. It's just convenient. You know, but yeah, the days of the days of fording creeks or whatnot are really not what they used to be. No, yeah, I don't. You know, the funny thing is, is that um, I was talking to somebody not, not too long ago, and we were discussing the different types of drive trains that are available on motorcycles mm-hmm. and you know everybody's saying well drive you know a direct drive drive train uh, uh drive shaft is like the way to go and mm-hmm. then i go well like yeah but then you got more mechanical crap that can go wrong and then yeah. then you say well belt is the most seemingly most reliable because well the freaking thing never wears out and right. then you think the chain is the most archaic form of drive that a motorcycle can have that's been in use since when forever uh, Right. right. So, but it's the one I can fix. I can fix that in the field. I can't fix the other two in the field. I don't think a belt would have a be a problem. Uh, ideally, you and I are on the same page. I mean, the Buell Ulysses ran belt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Yamaha Scrambler has belt, but I think that's the least Scrambler of all the Scramblers. So it's not a very valid <laughs> argument. I think the uh, uh, the Ducati is a chain. I think. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the the eight hundred Ducati and that that desert sled is you know on that list of lusted after bikes. I just <laughs> I can't get past the frequency and the valve maintenance. And now, seeing how stuff. you and I are on the same page about doing something stupid with, with the most ridiculous bike you could possibly <laughs> think of, what's been the reaction to people when you show up at an event where everybody's got dirt bikes and ATV bikes, and then you show up on a scrambler? What's the reaction <laughs> you're getting? It's about 50-50. Uh, 
Because you do get the guys that, you know, they have, you know, the KTM 690 or, you know, they have the biggest and best dirt bike that they can afford. And, of course, it's silly. Why would you bring a stone axe to a gunfight and all this other stuff? <laughs> but then you I run into it. It's, you know, you get, like, the older Harley guys are like, yeah, I'm on my WR250. If I wasn't, you know, X age, oh, I would do that. That just looks like so much fun. So you get that. The guys are like, yeah. man, I'm glad people are getting 100% out of their motorcycle. And that's what I always tell people. Like, you're right. I yeah. could get other bikes, but to do what this one does, it would be expensive. Yeah, but to do it most other bikes. Yeah, but you have to like you have to go with what makes you happy. You know, if right. the scrambler makes you happy, so that's going to be your thing. You know, I, you know, I, why get a bike that you're? Uh, yeah, I'm going well, because everybody else says I should have this, so I'm going to sure. get this. No. I, that's, I mean, it's the American way, though, right? I mean, we've all got the, we got the biggest cars and the biggest houses and all this, that, and the other. And I still think motorcycling, as much as I want it to become more of not just a hobby, but a mode of transportation, how I get to work, and this is the medium in which I receive enjoyment outside in the in the trail and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're toys for most people. So yeah, no, you're it, right. You're right. It's unfortunately the the occasional like. Ah, well, for the few times I want to do the trail, I want the sharpest weapon I can get. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, you know, it's funny because what Harley Davidson has announced they're going to be delivering a uh, the Pan America ADV bike in the next couple of years. And I saw that, and I'm thinking, well, do I still want to get the Sportster <laughs> and change it when they got the ADV bike? But then I look at the ADV and go like, well, it's probably got a 34-inch seat height, which is not a problem for me. But it all yeah. that all that weight is now a foot higher than it ordinarily would be. And I'm thinking, like, ah, I don't know. I still, I think I still want to do the Sportster thing. I think you and I could probably do three solid podcasts debating purely on the new Pan America. That sure. topic has opened up so many cans. Oh, my I, God. Everybody, everybody's, you know, they're so galvanized. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And it looks really heavy. And I'm like, you guys are looking at a picture. And you That's know right. nothing. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, you know, the, the oh, talking yeah. heads on the Internet. It's horrible. And I'm. It's weird. Like you said, how do people react when I show up on the Scrambler? And I'm like, I'm on the other side of the fence here. This is the one. I'm like, guys, this is earth shattering from the motor company. (laughs) Just bathe in it for a minute and think about what it could be, like how great it could be. Yeah. And then we'll be mad later when we go, wow, you guys screwed this up or be happy that they nailed it. We we don't even know yet. Well, we just had we just did an episode the other night uh, where we were talking about the new bikes. And one of the things that we had mentioned was uh, that I brought up. Everybody keeps doing this comparison between Buell and the new bikes. Mm -hmm. Well, we had the Ulysses. Well, again, that was a Buell. You know, Harley Davidson is now this is they already had an adventure bike. No, they didn't. This is their first adventure bike that has a Harley Davidson badge on it. And the thing about that is, uh, we're, we could speculate all we want, but until the first, uh, magazine editor before the first, uh, television show editor rides that bike and gives it their, gives it their thoughts, it's going to be either good or bad. There's no gray area. They're going to say, I love it or I hate it. And depending upon which they say, that's how the market's going to fluctuate. Yeah. And it, that's actually what's been so much frustrating to me is that people have been absolutely just, you know, crapping on it from go. And I'm like, guys, this this could be the greatest change in an American motorcycle manufacturer history since what the the knuckle. I mean, it, it's huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we need to get behind it and hope that they build it and they people buy it and they make more. Or we may not have a Harley Davidson to talk about, or even talk bad about anymore. You know, you know what this this could, this has the potential to be the uh, the Edsel of Harley Davidson. Yeah. You know, as True. you know, Ford developed the, the Edsel's coming. This is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. The Edsel, the, and never, and then it came out, and everybody goes like, it doesn't fly. Yeah. So now everybody hated it, and so this this is it, it has the potential to be that. I- it, it is the strangest thing. I remember being, you know, 20-whatever, getting my scooter license, not not being real crazy about the stereotypical Harley culture as a guy who knew nothing more than just the people he had saw in his neighborhood and not had met any of these people. And today it's like, no, there are so many advantages to owning a Harley. There are just, frankly, just too many people that don't ride enough and too many horrible images in the media and on, in movies that have unfortunately given the brand an image that isn't 
representative of the actual people. Sure. And people are missing out on the machine. People are like, oh, well, it'll be unreliable. I'm like, really? Do you want me to start throwing the recalls at you from every other brand, including you them go. in the past this three is what years? I'm saying. <laughs> They're just as reliable as any other machine. Any exactly. modern machine built since what? 2000, 2005 has been incredible for the most part. Yeah. Again, from a guy who's only been riding since 2011. But so. you know what the thing is? <laughs> I see now, again, you're, you're riding, you've been on Triumphs uh, since you started. So, and then mm-hmm. Triumph is another brand which gets, gets beat up a little bit because they have a reliability, you know, yeah. does that reliability thing. If it, you know, at some point it's going to fall apart. That's what everybody tells you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, let's, we've, we got totally off the rails here. But I want to get back to this. Are, now, as you, I don't know if you've been following any of the um, uh, the backcountry discovery routes. Mm-hmm. You have now, as you know, uh, a they, little bit. Okay, well, they just if you if you go onto uh, Butler Maps, they they have this yes. whole backcountry discovery route thing. You know, they got uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, all those states out there. And then they kept talking they're going to do something on the East Coast, and now they go, "Wow, we just finished the Mid Atlantic." Backcountry Discovery Route, which goes from, uh, I believe, Tennessee all the way up to the northern border of Pennsylvania. And yes. I've watched the movie, and I'm going like, hey, you know, you don't need an aid, you know, an adventure bike to do this. Yes, I, I, I've not seen the movie. I would, and I've wanted to. It was one of those like it was at six o'clock, and it was like 45 minutes from my house, and I'm like, I can't get home and let the dogs out and make it there in time. But I've wanted to watch it. And it's definitely been on the radar. Yeah, it, you can do it. You uh, can yeah, YouTube like the hell out of that, man. It's it's on YouTube. But I'm thinking uh, this is perfect for a scrambler. I, you and I are on the same page. Uh, I um, and without changing the topic radically, I've been communicating with a lot of the other adventure riders out of the Cincinnati area and Northern Kentucky because obviously Eastern Kentucky is where I ride a lot. Yeah, and uh, I've been talking to them about you know that one, and it does sound like that that is very big adventure bike friendly and that usually is the the test for me i i I, you know poke guys to go could you do this trail on a tiger 800 or you know something of that scale i'm like oh yeah i'm like fine and then i can handle it with my scrambler absolutely you know i watched it from beginning to end and 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 there's a lot of road there's a lot of pavement on there and there's a lot of dirt track there's a few water crossings not many nothing that's crazy deep uh not a lot of crazy terrain but I'm thinking, damn, these guys, these guys are totally on the wrong bikes for this. They should not be on adventure bikes. They should be <laughs> a little more closer to the ground to really feel what's going on. And that's why I'm saying, man, oh man, you would, you're going to love, you got to do this. I'm thinking yeah. this, this is all Drew, right? Uh, uh, it, it's, it's in there. That's for yeah. sure. Have you seen any of the other uh, backcountry discovery routes? It's kind of funny you you brought you, you got into backcountry discovery routes and I just saw news of Mid Atlantic oh it must have been real early this spring I think it was like February so that just turned me on to that and I and I started started doing the research and realized that like you said there's a lot of them that are out west it's funny because to me because of locality I obviously have family in Kentucky and then you know Danube backcountry byway but then Transamerica Trail starts I think not far from where the Mid Atlantic yeah it's in, uh, it is in Virginia I believe. Uh, right, like I said, those two trails, the the BDR, the Mid Atlantic BDR, and the TAT are not too far apart. So my buddy's like, "Oh, we got to do TAT, this any other." However, there's actually a guy in Eastern Kentucky that has something called the Kentucky Adventure Tour. That's 900 miles, Ooh. and he says only 40 percent of that is paid. Okay, and I've ridden the northern sections, the Parts of the Daniel Boom Backcountry Byway overlap with the Kentucky Adventure Tour, so I know the scale, and that was exactly it. As I asked him, I said, hey, I kind of want to do the Mid-Atlantic BDR, but I'm prioritizing because that means taking a week off of work to you know, do one of these long adventure tours. Yeah. And I said, hey, which is more difficult, the Kentucky Adventure Tour or the BDR? And that's what he said. He's like, actually, the BDR is really geared toward those big adventure bikes. You're going to see a lot more challenges on the KAT. And that's actually probably my number one priority for 2019 is take a week off work. And it's six days, uh, at least six days. Uh, well, I should say target is six days of, of trail riding. Now, is that for the Kentucky or for the uh, Mid-Atlantic? For Kentucky. For Kentucky. So you start, you start um, in Slade, Kentucky, which is right near my grandmother's house. And then you actually head, you can go east or west. But if you go east, you actually touch and get into West Virginia for a little bit. 
and then you come down and you go west through Kentucky, uh, old Kentucky coal country, and then you actually get into, I think it's near Jellicoe, Tennessee. You're in Tennessee for just a short bit. You get on the Pioneer Road uh, through Kentucky, and then, um, oh, I cannot think, Fort Wilderness. You actually go past the Fort Wilderness Monument. I don't know if you're familiar with any of this. Stuff. No, <laughs> I know, but it sounds interesting as hell. I, to, well, I did so look it up. Daniel though. Boone came through Cumberland Gap into Kentucky, and then the Wilderness Road was forged toward Louisville. Um, and I don't remember all the history off the back of my head, but obviously there's a you know battle and all this other stuff back from like Revolutionary wartime stuff that goes on there. But there's a monument there. But yeah, the old Wilderness Road ran from Cumberland Gap um, northwest up toward Lexington area, and parts of it still survive today. Obviously, it's, you know, gravel forest roads now, you know, so people could go see the touristy stuff. But at least you can, you know, be on it with a bike or whatnot. Wow. It sounds, yeah. like, a, it sounds like a lot of fun. So you, that's a six-day run and 900 miles? Yeah, they have wow. it laid out for six. And obviously, I've been, you know, talking to more folks in the adventure crowd community, and, and I'm always trying to up the stakes. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if we could get, like, Royal Enfield to give us, like, a couple Himalayans to prove how awesome they are and do 900 miles on these new bikes that are geared and pointed, you know, exactly at that. Or, you know, let's see some Ducati desert sleds do this, you know, like you said, unorthodox bikes that people are like, wow, you can't do that. No, I think these are the perfect bikes for this. Actually. I think actually you should stick with the triumph theme and get them to give you some bikes. (laughs) I will, uh, I will happily beat on their door. We will, (laughs) we will see. That would be great. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying because what you're doing, I think, is fantastic. Um, but let's go go a little bit further here now. You have uh, created what is known as a moto bucket list, right? And until I read yours, I was like, I don't think anybody's ever done this before. This is awesome. So I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really think about it. It's like everybody says, yeah, that's on my bucket list to do that, to ride that. But you don't really officially see anybody do a bucket list like you have. Right. Now, I really think it's fantastic. And I think every motorcyclist should really aspire to do something like this. Tell us about some of the things that aren't, are on your moto bucket list. What's it's funny you said the moto bucket list thing. I think it was, was it Dave Ramsey. You know how it is. Everybody's like, well, if you've got goals, you got to write them down. Well, I mean, I've got passion for riding riding the motorcycle, and I'm like, I've got real goals, so I'm going to do just that. And it's as it is, as you know, a, a lightning rod of the website. So I've got Danny Boom Backcountry Byway was on there, and I literally just finished it last weekend. So you so checked I, that off? I, yeah. So I literally just checked that box, and I'm like, man, I've got I got like half an hour, solid half an hour worth of video. I've got to cut for that to kind of finish that out and make it an entertaining story because I've written about it like two or three times. Um, Kentucky Adventure Tour, which I just talked about, is on there, and that is like my number one priority for next year. Mm-hmm. That's that's, and to me, it's a big endeavor because that means living off the Scrambler for six days and potentially camping. Oh, potentially days. camping, oh, right? On. So you it's not camp. like, I, yeah, because it's like I, I I may get a room. You know, it's one of those like let's plan on camping, except if it rains all day. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and splurge, and we're gonna split a room, split a room for a hundred bucks just right. because. <laughs> some point i want to be dry but right. you know what, as soon as you add camping gear to the bike it's like yeah we're doing like a serious you know mud creek crossing and by the way i'm loaded down with all the camping gear and food to survive for six days yeah this did, is true did i mention there's pipes on the right side of my bike and not saddlebags so <laughs> <laughs> I just cut my luggage by a third right well you know, <laughs> you know the, hey look the adventure guys have pipes on the right side and they their their panniers are outside that and they fix they work I need to give uh, a giant loop a call and let them know what I have planned. And uh, they're surely to get a lot of photo opportunities out of the deal. And let them know, hey, <laughs> yeah, man, what do you think? 40, 40 liters or whatever that crazy thing is. They have yeah, 400 so. liters. So what else we got on there? Um, I have Key West Florida on here. And that that's fair to say that that's probably, and it's related to the next one as well, that those are probably big priorities that I was hoping to get to this year. It's not over. It'll be harder because it's getting colder. Days are getting shorter. Yeah. But I want to I want to do a Iron Butt Bun Burner Gold to Key West, Florida. That would As be a, awesome, dude. Have you ever been to it, the have, have you ever been to the Keys? Oh yes, multiple times. To I, Key West. I love the Keys. No. The Keys are like it's my second home, and I I love the Keys. It's beautiful. So if, you got to do this. Go ahead. If I have it my way, because if I if you take the highway straight from my house, it's like thirteen hundred miles. Okay. So if I head east, 
and I hit uh, a gas station on the west end of Pennsylvania and make a big L. It's fifteen hundred and like thirty six miles to the gas station on Key West, and I'm like I could leave the house at like ten a.m. Ride twenty four hours nonstop, pull up on Duval Street and sit down in uh, Hemingway's chair right there at Sloppy Joe's and have a beer and celebrate fifteen hundred miles in twenty four hours. That would be <laughs> now. Is this before or after you pass out? Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, I did. I did the saddle sore what last June. It took us eighteen hours because obviously the scrambler needs gas like every hundred, hundred twenty miles, especially running at high speeds. How many? Like ga- how many? How many gallon tank is on yours again? Well, four, four. Okay, so and how many? Yeah. How, how, what's your range on a full tank? Well, that's a catch. When I'm on the highway and I'm running, you know, eighty miles an hour because you know the speed limit's seventy or whatever, it, it'll go about one hundred twenty five before the light comes on. That's it. But I've never, but I've never put more than three point seven gallons in that tank ever. So I've got like half a gallon in reserve. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you got a four gallon tank, and you the max you can get out of that thing is 125 miles. Well, before the before the fill light comes on. It's yeah, but then what do you got? You got like a quart left before you run out. No, it's it's like half a tank. That's what I'm saying. Is it's it, 3.7 gallons. So I've you know I've got 4.4. I've never I've gone as far as 147 miles before filling up, and I've never had an issue. I just you know when you're on a ride like that, I don't yeah. necessarily want to push that. <laughs> Have you ever like ridden it from full to empty? Not until it sputtered and died. No, I have not. <laughs> I haven't done that either. I want to <laughs> just to see how far I go. But it's like I've got a five gallon tank on my heritage, and the furthest I've gone on one tank is 170 miles. Oh yeah, you've got more too. Yeah, so my, my dad has, and that's going, and that's going 70, not not going yeah. 80, going 70. I get about 48 miles to the gallon. So yeah, I think- I've. Go ahead. Yeah, I think yeah. So I think you should be able to get the same or pretty close to it. Um, I think it's gearing. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, this is push, true. I've only double, got you the displacement. I'm sure it's geared a little higher. And you've got six, and I don't. No, I got five. Oh, you got the old one. Okay. Yeah. And you what do you? Got? You got five, right? Yeah, that's it. And it's it's geared down for off road now. So I've I've changed the sprocket out when I know I'm going to oh, do. Oh, okay. I'll actually throw an extra tooth on there. But, it, but for that trip, I had done it, and I was like, you know, I need to be prepared to get gas every 125 miles, which means when you're on, you know how it is. Once you start leaving the north, the gas stations get further and further apart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I kind of noticed yeah. that. Right, until you get into, you know, Florida where, you know, everyone on the highway is looking for the next beach where there's gas stations everywhere. But, yeah, from from Dayton to Georgia <laughs> – those gas stations are harder to find. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to search for a gas station for 25 miles. So we're just going to plan it right around 100, give or take 10. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what happens. It was 10 gas stops. My point with that was only I did 18 hours and I really wasn't tired and was ready to ride some more. 24 really ups the ante with making those gas stops fast, not stopping to rest and, you know, eat a snack bar. It means really, really hustling, uh, be it my bike or whatever other machine I end up doing it on. Yeah, but you really, but you also have the your documentation. You had to, you know, get together for that too. So that that kind yeah. of slows down your uh, your stops that you have to do. It's it's getting easier. The biggest thing is, is you know how it is. And I swear, I've got I got two gas stations right at my house where obviously I fill up before and after work on a pretty regular basis. The number of times that you don't get a receipt, and that was actually my like second biggest fear was like, okay, climactic breakdown which means you don't finish. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to be running around these gas stations just wanting a receipt because they're always out of receipt paper because nobody seems to bother to waste the time to fill them up. Wow. So that's just it. Yeah, because yeah, I've been wanting to do a saddle sore for a long time. And I, I keep saying, I keep saying, this is the year, this is the year I'm going to do it. And then I go like, where am I going to get somebody to sign off at this when I'm leaving my house at four o'clock in the morning? <laughs> We actually, that's what worked out. So my buddy has done a bun burner gold. So he's already been in the club. And so I said, Hey, you know, you're on the short list of people that are nuts enough that you'll come along with me just, you know, so it's not me by myself. His wife actually did our paperwork for us. Cause she's like, I'm, I'm not riding. No. <laughs> so she has done one in the past. So she is a certified passenger. Oh, but, no kidding. Uh, she, wow. Yeah. So she did our, I think she did. Did she do? Yeah, she did both, if I remember correctly. I, I'm pretty foggy about it now because obviously, yeah, by the time it was 10, it was like, man, now i got to ride another half hour home still. Wow. So yeah, some of the other things that you have on your list here, let me do, I'm going to go through a couple of them. You've got the, sure. bun, the Bun Burner Gold, of course, we just talked about. You have Mount Washington. 
Uh, Hoover <laughs> Dam. Was, well, Mount Washington. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Mount Washington was funny because I'm, I'm, I go to this rally that was formerly a Triumph rally every September. So it's coming up in about five weeks. The Dragon Raid is uh, a big rally, week long. And I got a buddy that I've been down there with, and he's got this sticker on the back of his bike. It says, this bike is Clown Mount Washington. I'm like, well, what is that and so what? And he's like, I don't think you know what Mount Washington is. And I'm like, apparently not. And I looked it up and went, wow. Formerly the uh, speed record for fastest wind on Earth was yeah, oh, That's right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this sounds like an extreme place that I want to visit on a motorcycle. <laughs> this is someplace I have to bring the scrambler. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. <laughs> and to so see, you want to go to the Hoover Dam, uh, the Grand Canyon, yeah. Devil's Tower, Wyoming. Oh, yeah. Bonneville Salt Flats, which would be kind of fitting. Um, Barber Vintage Motorcycle Museum. I think everybody should go there. I've never been, but I think everybody should go there. It's got to be like Mecca for motorcyclists indoors, right? I've, yeah, I've had guys uh, talking about it and I've heard everything they had to say. I'm like, I've seen pictures and I got to go here. Uh, the other one you have on this list, I, which is extremely interesting, is Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. Oh, yeah. Now you want to do this on the Scrambler, right? Uh, Honestly, Come on. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Do I, I want to do everything on the Scrambler, realistically. But it's one of those things when you're holding the keys to a motorcycle that you've had for two years and it has 54,000 miles on it already, <laughs> you start going. Well, see, that's the challenge. <laughs> right, isn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the challenge. See, now, now, now it becomes a game. <laughs> this is absolutely true. You know, uh, you know, is biggest- it going to blow up on me now? You know, <laughs> That's what you need. To, this, now it's a game. But uh, the, I, th- I think. Vacation time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead about that. You know, the, the challenge is is really getting three weeks. <clears throat> excuse me, three weeks off work. Is that how long it takes? I did the math, and I think if I remember correctly, I could do it in. It was twenty less than twenty four days, doing six hundred miles a day. Now, I have Purdue Bay, Alaska, on here, and I think it's only five thousand miles from my doorstep. But if you're going to do Purdue Bay and you can get the vacation. I want to ride to Key West, ride to Purdue Bay, Alaska, and back to Key West to do the coast-to-coast-to-coast insanity ride. That is a registered ride with uh, the Iron Butt Association, and that would mean 600 miles a day for three weeks. Wow. You really got really to really love your bike if you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, glutton for punishment or uh, just really, really like traveling. <laughs> well, you know what? I think I've, I've seen plenty of video and plenty of movies about um, – the trip to uh, Prudhoe Bay and guys on motorcycles who have done it. It's not a difficult road. It's, it's suitable for a scrambler. Sure. It certainly is. I, I think it's the, the endurance end of it is, I think that's the yes. question right there. Cause when you right. get to Prudhoe Bay, there's nothing there really. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's congratulations. You have, you're in the Arctic circle. <laughs> <laughs> now, now go back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but continuing on your list, I think the final thing that we're going to tap onto, and this is going to take us to another whole different segment of this interview, ride every day for 365 days. Yeah. Now, how's that going? Uh, July 24th was day 365. So today is, I'd actually have to do the math. I think today's like. 380, 381 or something like that, actually. No kidding. So you've actually ridden every single day for over a year. So it was a funny backstory again. Um, Last year, it was February 13th. um, I looked at the the weather like, you know, two days in advance. I went, man, it's going to be like 60. And and that's not unheard of here. For it to be negative 10, totally believable in January here. Mm -hmm. For it to be... 55 in January, also believable. And they could also happen within days of one another. That oh, happens yeah. here. Well, you know, that's the way it so is they, here in Jersey. It's the same way. So I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. And I looked at the weather report. And it was like no snow and like above freezing for a week. And I'm like, man, I'm going to ride the bike to work every day. I'm like, this is like the best birthday present ever. Because my birthday is the 26th. So I'm like, man, ride my bike for a solid week to work in February? You can't beat this. Right. And so – it gets to be near my birthday. I'm like, sweet, two whole weeks. And then it was like snow on a random Sunday night. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get up at 1 a.m. Saturday, which actually would have been Sunday morning, 1 a.m. I'm going to ride my bike. And the snow will come in at 7, and I will have ridden it on Sunday. And it will melt by Monday, and boom. It went from two weeks to three to four to 90 days. 
And then I held the very first Red River Scramble last year, and the bike died. So 160 days in, the bike died. And I'm like, I don't have a multimeter. We don't know what's going on here. I had to call a buddy, put me in a pickup truck, took it home, pushed start a couple of times, couldn't get it going. I lost the streak. Oh. Uh, a couple days, two days went by, pull the headlight bowl apart, look around. Buddy calls me. I think I know what's going on. I get it fixed. 10 o'clock at night, July 24th, 2017. I get the bike going. I take a ride. That was day one. And I nonstop 10 miles or more every day for 365 days from there. So that's, so that's your, your rule. It has to be at least 10 miles for it to qualify yeah. as a ride. And, and I borrowed this. Um, Blaine, I cannot think of his name. I think Blaine Paulus or Paulus Blaine. There's a big story on Revzilla, actually. A guy in central Pennsylvania has ridden his bike 10 miles or more for 16 consecutive years, and he's still doing it. That, wow. In central Pennsylvania. I mean, yeah. that's worse than it here. <laughs> well, listen, now, I have been in Ohio and Indiana in January. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, you've been to Indiana. Yes, in January. Oh, how is that? I'm like, go like yeah. you don't want to go there. Frozen cornfields for miles. For miles, it's Pain. flat, and the wind just howls. Right, gray. What is that line from uh, Groundhog Day? I think I quoted it at some point where I wrote about 270 days. Whatever. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> that is Indiana in winter. Pretty much. Now, what's been the hardest part of doing this ride 365 it it means planning uh, that to me that's the funny thing is you meet the casual rider and it's like well i'll wrench i'll wrench in the garage in the week you know in the winter or i'll, I'll just get the bike tuned up in the spring and i don't care if i gotta buy a new battery and this that and the other when you ride that long my first concern was when it's five degrees outside am i going to kill the starter and the battery on the bike so after i had had the you know why is my bike not running short that i had to fix i had replaced the battery so i knew i was good there but i was actually freaking out about you know what dude these bikes do not you know it lives on the porch so you know my engine's six degrees it's not like it's been in the garage staying warm you hold away so, wait, wait 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 stop you have a garage no, I don't. That's oh, you don't? Oh, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So my bike literally is sitting on the porch, and it's, you know, six degrees outside. I think it was January 1st, as a matter of fact. It was six degrees outside. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? So somewhere along the lines, a buddy's mind's like, hey, you know what we used to do with tractors? We uh, we get these heaters, and we would just put them on the oil pan and let it sit on the oil pan until it gets warm, and you crank it up. That's and I'm what I do. And I, yeah, you guys from the north really know what it's like. You're in the Midwest, like, oh, wait around a couple days, it'll warm up, be all right. Uh, uh, no. So, thirty-five bucks at the auto parts store. I bought a sump heater, and uh, I take a rubber or a leather glove and put the sump heater and stuff it right up against the oil sump, and I plug it in through the front door, <laughs> let it sit for half an hour. The oil sump warms up. I crank it. It's not mad about it, and now I'm freezing my butt off for the next ten miles. Wow. Here's what I did. I got one of those Shelter Logic canvas sheds, mm, and I built a I built a it's a ten by ten, and I built a little four four inch platform inside it, so that the bike is off the ground, and it's it's off the ground and out of the weather. I've got one of these. Uh, I, I'll give you all the information. It's a, it's a magnetic heater that you plug in. It's two hundred fifty watts, and you just stick it inside to the engine somewhere, and yeah. what it does is it keeps the engine warm. Oh, yeah. And then I also have a small radiator-type electric heater that I keep in there to keep that space above freezing. Yeah, so, nice. the, so the bike is warm all the time. Yeah. That's, it, and that is the thing is that locally, obviously, I'm nuts. And then I, I do think that, that winters here are terrible. But when you meet anyone who's from New York <laughs> and further north, <laughs> they're like, you have no idea what winter is like. Yeah. I got a buddy in Boston, and he's like, yeah, it's June. There's still snow melting. <laughs> Well, I mean, here in Jersey, we had uh, our we're we're probably about the same latitude, but we had uh, snow in uh, late April this year. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I had a feeling we could get it. Fortunately, we did dodge that. We did have record lows in April, so you got the snow. I just got cold weather. <laughs> so, how's the bike holding up on your three sixty five? She is actually in really good fighting shape now. Now, when I I, I was getting close, and actually. 
day 365 about snuck up on me because you know how it is. It's like through the winter, it's a lot of planning and you got to stay on top of it. And then the weather starts to turn and before long, all your buddies are riding. So I got real busy. Um, but I finally got, went through the bike. I changed tires again on day 370 and I'm like, okay, so I've got a, I got a wheel bearing on the Kush drive that is going to need replaced soon. Uh, I've got obviously I'm impressed with the paint. And the fasteners are a little, you know, a little white coated, but they're, you know, not like crazy rusted. But I mean, there's obvious you can, I now know where the, uh, where the budget metal was purchased on the bike. I mean, you know, like the horn bracket is like rusted. <laughs> That's not coming back, <laughs> but, um, the wheel bearing. And then I had an output shaft seal that was leaking pretty hard, right, right behind the sprocket, which I think if anybody else was riding on the road, Probably wouldn't have been a big deal, but to do five off-road rallies yeah. <laughs> during the 365-day challenge, plus I just like going to Kentucky and riding off-road for fun, yeah, it started to kind of add up after a while. Wow. So I had to replace the output shaft seal twice because I actually think some sand or something got in there and nicked the seal. So within two weeks of replacing it the first time, it started spitting up on the on the bike again. And I never stopped riding. It was it was leaking, but it was never. I had like one or two drops on the porch, and then just started eyeballing it real fast and throwing a piece of cardboard in it just to make sure it would be an issue. But I mean, it was it was enough that I only put oil in it one time, and I don't think I even put a quart uh, or a quarter of a quart in it. So I mean, it, it it made it through all that mess, and it's ready for more punishment next year. Well, you've done, uh, of course, on your thing about the, about the bike on your website, you describe all the things that you've done to it. And it's quite a healthy list. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a healthy yeah. list of stuff that you've done to this bike. So it's not your typical, you know, off-the-shelf <laughs> triumph. <but laughs> well, it, well, it's... The the biggest thing is it's funny is I at, at some point I actually put some I got some cheap vinyls for like seven bucks because it's we were talking about how does it do off road I'm like well it's a pig I mean it's a tractor but it's a pig and I'm like you know what we're gonna put tusks on this thing so I got some cheap like you know like a ten warthog like vinyls and I put them on the tank and I'm like I kind of like these and so I actually I I tried to buy them from a place that went out of business so I had them blown up and I took the badges off. And so now she's got, you know, big warthog tusks because, you know, she's, <laughs> yeah, a, she's a fighting pig, right? <laughs> uh, so that actually is more than anything else. And that was a late modification. That's usually what draws everybody to it. Like, man, this thing's got, it's, wow, some stuff has happened. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, aside from the water crossings that you've done, when was the last time you actually washed this bike? Saturday. Oh, did you really? It's because I had to do the 54,000-mile service. Oh, oh Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I washed all. Now this thing is water cooled, right? Only when I'm in the creek. Oh. <laughs> right. There's a there's an oil cooler. Yeah. So it, it's oil cooled like the new Milwaukee Eight is on some of the new Harleys. Um, so I, I do. That's why there's a fender extender. I learned that. I went down to Kentucky and I rode off road, and then this front tire is just throwing all of this. Yeah, line I see that. You got the uh, extender on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 25 bucks let's hey. keep the engine cool keeps it running it's worth the expense yeah of course uh so when you tell people that you want to do a c2c on this uh what do they say uh i think people were blown away that i would want to ride it to alaska at all let alone i want to ride from key west to alaska uh, and I was thinking about the challenge in the end. It's like, if I sit down and somebody really wants to talk brass tacks, gasoline is probably the number one. It just, just like doing the bun burner to do a C to C challenge means I got to pack basically double the gasoline. I need like five gallons of extra gas because I think it's 260 miles between gas stations Ooh. somewhere on, uh, on the Alcan. There's a spot you need to be able to get 260 miles. Wow. Yeah. That would pose yeah. a problem. <laughs> right. just, a, just a tad just a tad so i mean as far as it goes for this bike i mean it's have you come to grips with the fact that at some point you're gonna have to just get something else in addition to <laughs> addition to or in place of it's <laughs> i told this joke the other day i was like i have just just because i mean i cruise craigslist on a pretty regular basis i just oh, yeah. you know I am literally shopping for the opportunity to get my hands on bike number two. 
But I don't think I could ever part with this bike between love, between, frankly, what we've been through, and then the other side of that is what we've been through. I don't think anyone would buy this bike for me. <laughs> no, you got a point there, maybe, I guess. <laughs> How does a Triumph Scrambler ride? Oh, Google, you know, this bike looks oddly familiar to the pictures in this Craigslist post. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be proud of this bike. And I think, if, I, have, have, does Triumph know what you've been doing with this? Actually, that is a weird thing. Um, I have obviously, you know, way back on Instagram, you know, tag Triumph because you're like, yeah, let's see if I get Triumph, you know, to respond or whatever. And they had, they, you know, they've got a million people blowing them up. Sure. So I'm at like day 364, something like that. And I don't know if I like threw down hashtag for the ride or what it was. So then on like day 365, um, I did get a text from their PR folks, no joke. And they're like, hey, Drew, uh, we're, you know, congratulations on 365. What a huge accomplishment. Um, we want to send you something a little small, you know, to thank you for choosing Triumph and putting these miles on it. And I got a box a few days later, a couple T-shirts and, uh, and a, a good book that I'm going to get a chance to read on vacation here. Um, the book was How to Ride and Win. Uh, remembering the action-packed motorcycle culture and time gone by. And it looks like Bud Edkins and some other folks are contributors here. And I'm like, never heard of this before. Definitely seems like a classy choice. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Wow. I, I bet you were hoping for like a new Triumph to come your way. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't I can't part with the machine. I, I have, I, I rode, what did I ride? I think I rode like 16, 14 or 16 new bikes and in that 365 day period, like I, I wrote them all down and counted. I'm like, wow, I had no idea I was exposed to that many motorcycles. Right. I would trade the Triumph, the Scrambler for any of those. Not a while. Now, you, you could always reach out to them and say, hey, look, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be riding from Key West to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, and I want to do it on a Triumph Scrambler. Would oh, yeah. you sponsor me on this ride? Who knows? They might, you know, they might throw something at you. You never know. It. It Aside would be from a freaking it. T-shirt. <laughs> Just because of how big they are and how difficult it's been to get interaction with them in the past, I've, I was blown away. Uh, just because I'm, I feel like a small fish. Yeah, I have a website, but I'm still, you know, the average Joe. I still work 40 hours a week as a mechanical engineer, and this yeah. is what I do for fun. So, But you better believe, uh, yeah, I may I may craft that email <laughs> as soon as I <laughs> Of course. Before we uh, close out, uh, how nuts does your wife think you are? I could not believe that she put up with me for 500 days of riding 10 miles a day. Uh, it blew my mind that there were a lot of times where it was like 10 o'clock at night and she'd look at me and she's like, oh, you got to go ride 10 miles. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to get ready. She's like, okay, do your thing. I was blown away. Uh, vacation. We went... Uh, Christmas. We had a Christmas family vacation. It was an hour from the house. So New Year's Day, I got in the Jeep. I drove an hour through the snow-covered roads to the house, got on the bike, rode 10 miles, and rode back, and she was totally cool with the whole thing. Blew so she's mind. been completely supportive in this whole thing. I, yes. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm in disbelief, and I'm telling you this. Oh, that's great. I, I, that's, you know, yeah. And that's, I, that helps out a lot, because like, if you don't have that home support, it certainly makes it more difficult and it kind of takes away from it for you. But now that you have that support, that's wonderful because then you know you can do that and feel, feel comfortable with it. Well, she knows and it, neither one of us have figured out, you know, what, what is the big, what's the big picture with the website? Are you going to stop being an engineer one day? Are you going to start your own business or whatever? I'm like, I don't know, but to some degree, you know, I'm going to keep pursuing these crazy 365 type things because that's what, that's what brings attention to your cause and your crazy personality and people enjoy that stuff. Absolutely. You know, it's like you're not doing drugs, you're not drinking, you're not hanging out to the bar, you're riding your motorcycle. Like a madman. Like a madman. <laughs> How can people learn more about you and the stupid things you're doing? That's uh motoadventurer.com. So like you said, it's got that extra R on the end, so it's yeah. it's a mouthful. Motoadventurer.com. Or and also they can get this on the WordPress. Is that correct? The WordPress website? But, yeah, if you're if you're a WordPress member, I mean you can search it and, that, and that's what always ends up happening. I guess funny, I get, you know, I see some people and I'm like, oh cool, and then I go to the website I'm like, oh, they're also WordPress users. That's great. I can subscribe right here on WordPress. And, and my website has that. If you want to just follow with email, you can put that in there. And then <laughs> Did you, you build your website from WordPress? Correct. I hosted direct from WordPress. Okay, great. 
Uh, yeah. Any last words of motorcycle encouragement to our listeners out there? But honestly, you touched on it earlier. Uh, I'm really big on this that I think that the scrambler movement and in general, the youth should be or is more interested in using the motorcycle to do more than what the mainstream people say. I think the concept of throwing some a sleeping bag and a tent on the back of the bike and going camping is going to be more and more popular. And so that's my message is don't just ride the motorcycle or just ride the motorcycle and don't worry about everybody telling you, well, you need a bigger bike, you need this bike, you need that bike. If you love the bike, ride the bike. And don't be afraid to push the limits of what all the pundits and people in the comment section on Facebook and whatnot say. Well, you can't do that. I think what you have is more capable than what you think it is or what people want you to believe it is. Well, you've obviously proven that with your scrambler. <laughs> you know, and I'll, honestly, right here now, I will admit this. There was a time probably a year ago where I absolutely hated scramblers because it was scrambler this, scrambler that, scrambler this. <laughs> and I was tired of it. I'm like, Bleh! I'm tired of hearing about it. But as time went on and I was introduced to more people who were doing things on bikes yeah. that they shouldn't be doing on these bikes, such as what you're doing. And another friend of mine, Dan Dan the Fireman, he has a, a, yes. a vlog. He has a he has a sportster that he turned into a scrambler and he's going off in the desert with it. So I'm yes. like, damn it, these people are doing what I want to do. So his and now Instagram I'm, feed is fantastic. I'm tell I'm telling you. So I am all on board with the scrambler thing. And one of these days, when I get mine and I hook it up, you and I are going to go. We're going to do probably the Colorado BDR. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what. The the New Mexico uh, backcountry discovery route looks very doable on a scrambler. Oh yeah, I, you're right. I said that. I remember seeing some parts of Colorado that were a little a little hairy. I need to look at New Mexico. And generally, <laughs> as long as the drops aren't more than about two feet or so, I'll, I'll run at it. We'll give it a shot. Well, I'll tell you what. Even if it is two feet, you just need a little speed. Momentum is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? We did yeah, around. What could go wrong? It'll be all right. Well, Joe, hammer. I want to I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. You've been absolutely wonderful, and I hope everybody goes and checks out your blog and subscribes, and you have six million subscribers, <laughs> and you get your own TV show. I appreciate it. It's been awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode 160 with my guest, Drew Faulkner of the Moto Adventurer blog. Go to over to MotoAdventurer.com to learn more about Drew and his adventures. Links to Drew's website will be on the Motorcycle Men website as well as in the show notes. Don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters whose links you will find on our links page. All of these podcasts, blogs, YouTube channels. And video bloggers out there do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. So, from Timbuktu, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Wrongway, you're a host here on the Motorcycle Man Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. <laughs> <laughs>